Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that nurture your soul. This week, the third week of Advent, the conversation centered on the topic Preparing Him Room, Releasing. This conversation was originally recorded in December of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.fitwalking.us. Join this conversation. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you Welcome to our weekly meditations. Um, we are really, really close to Christmas. So these conversations in the last couple of weeks have been around the Advent in a very special year, a year in which uh, Christmas and Advent and everything, by the way, in life is, is different. And uh, I think we are learning how to do things differently, right? And Advent somehow has, uh, has become a very special, has grown in my heart in a very special way because of the hardship of this year. So. This is our third week of Advent. We are um, going to talk and explore uh, this idea of releasing. You know, we, we have enough resources. There are so many wonderful resources about Advent. Uh, we are using one specific uh, resource and um, I'm thinking how uh, all even all this this year has, is an invitation in a way to keep preparing our hearts not only for Christmas because it's, it's, it's beyond Christmas right for for the birth if you want of Christ in us for the development of the character of Christ in us and that is I think what Advent is in a way making a space so prepare room prepare him room that is the, the topic the title of our Advent series and uh, we talk about that and uh, we acknowledge the challenges of Advent right of, of, to prepare room we need to make room and uh, in the midst of uh, the anxiety of, of especially the anxiety of this year uh, in the midst of the longing for a time with family and sometimes of the loss and the grief of not being able to have that time for many. Uh, how can we make room in our hearts to prepare ourselves for this Christ that will come, that comes every day and will come and somehow the, the cycles of, of every year, every Christmas uh, become very helpful mirrors in, in what's going on in our hearts. Anyway, the challenge of making room, the challenging, the challenge of focusing on God. We make room, but then we need to fill that room and, and focus on, on what really uh, is what matters, right? And in the midst of a pandemic, I, I just noticed how we all want to feel good. We want to feel good. We want things that make us feel good. And, and Christmas is great. I want to feel good for Christmas. We are discovering that we might not have the Christmas that we want to. I encourage you to focus in, in God, not only on, in what makes you feel good. Anyway, and finally, the, challenging, the challenge of participating in this divine partnership, to make room, to prepare room for Christ, 
there is a work that needs to be done by my own soul, by myself, and there is a work that it is the grace of God in me. And somehow we show up to this divine partnership is what I call it. Um, Eugene Peterson calls the middle voice, you know, not the active, not the passive. It is this middle voice. I need to be active in some things and I need to release or wait for God to do certain things in another way. Anyway, we are using uh, the, the resource I was talking about is uh, a book of Ad Advent Reflections by, by Ted Wist. Let every heart prepare him. We're adapting some of things, but for weeks uh, we started talking about um, God humbles our hearts as we wait. Last week we talked about God softens our hearts as we listen. Today we're going to talk about how God expands our hearts as we release. And hopefully next week, the week of Christmas, we will think of how God occupies our hearts as we open. So releasing, releasing is our topic today. And I have to admit that releasing is hard, but uh, you can make the point, I think Richard Rohr actually made this point very clearly, that all spirituality is about letting go, is about releasing, is about uh, opening your hands and kind of uh, softening that, that whole grasp that we have sometimes in things and controlling how we, want things to be and what a great story of releasing is the story of christmas and we will explore that a little bit but six points that i would like to make you can use each one of these points a little bit your reflection for every day but um, we will just uh, mention them and talk a little bit about them in this conversation so the first one we need to release in order to heal I mean, that is a, a, a big concept. You know, you can put, we need to release in order to expand. <laughs> what, what about in order to heal? You need to release. And this first point is about releasing desires. Desires. That's kind of a hard thing to release. And, um, you know, we live in a, in a, in a, yeah, in a world, in a culture, in a, in a, in a time in which uh, our desires are important. I think maybe every, in all times, desires have been important, but I guess with all the, uh, the, the progress that we have and, and in many ways with the, uh, you know, modern world that we enjoy, it seems that we have the ability to fulfill a lot of our desires. And I don't know how good it has been. And please don't listen to any condemnation and judgment in my voice. You know, I just think, I, I see this with curiosity. But, you know, I, I also see thinking of my kids. I, I've noticed that it's my joy to give them what they want. But I've noticed when I give them what they want all the time, it doesn't go really well. It's not very good for me or for them. We become... Uh, our relationship is, is hard because there is never an ending for the desires of the heart. And your heart has good desires. So this is one of those paradoxes and tensions in this spiritual journey. There are good desires in your heart. You know, Psalm 37, the desire of your heart. There are things that God has planted in your heart that are beautiful desires that he wants to fulfill. And there are other desires. So this is not about desire as being bad but just kind of discernment of the desires that might be in the way of you letting God 
come and enter and be, be born in your Christ, let's say, in your heart. Christ be born in your heart. I, I put it this way, disorder desires become disorder attachments. Disorder attachments condemn us to live in shallow desires, only one in Christmas or, or, or candy or ice cream or whatever makes us feel good. <laughs> and that is really a condemnation in a way. We were condemned to never be able to touch the real desires of your heart, of our hearts. Because I'm lost in all other superficial, shallow desires. So this is a passage in James, um, the book of James. And this is a paraphrasis of um, the Bible is the voice. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Actually, the voice is a paraphrasis or a translation of the Bible, but it's very poetic. And I'm going to read uh, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 14 to 17. When a person is carried away with desire, lured by lust, and when desire becomes the focus and takes control, it gives birth to sin. When sin becomes full grown, it produces death. My dearly loved brothers and sisters, don't be misled. So this first part, probably you know that the, 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 the scripture talks about this progression of of desires that becomes this lust and that bring this sin and then bring us death. And that's what I was talking about my kids. When I give them candy all the time, they only want candy and becomes a, an entitlement. There's something that is destructive about it. But remember, this is not about only desire is bad. Don't read it that way. Actually, let me continue reading what James, write, James uh, writes. Every good gift bestowed, every perfect gift received comes to us from above, courtesy of the Father or lights. He is consistent. He won't change his mind or play tricks in the shadows. So here, James is also bringing this other side of it. Okay, there are desires that bring death, but there's something that is good that is given by God. And obviously, when I read the second part of the verse, I desire that. So what happens with that? So you see, it is not about desire being right or wrong, uh, desiring something. It is about disorder, desires. So what does it mean in this Christmas to release those desires that are being so clingy and we need to kind of let them go, you know? That's a great question for a meditation, you know? What are the desires that God is inviting me to let go? Think of this, Brother Lawrence, you know, Brother Lawrence is a classic, you know, practicing the presence of God. He writes, the heart must be emptied of all other things. Because God will possess the heart alone. And as he cannot possess it alone without emptying of it all besides, so neither can he act there and do in it what he pleases unless it be left vacant for him. So this is about making room. To prepare room, we need to make room. If my heart is full, consumed of other desires, it's hard to desire the giver of all those good things, right? That was the first point. Um, second point. Again, the idea is the same. We need to release in order to heal. But what about releasing expectations 
now. Expectations. Now there is a three three quotes here, you know, that I think explains this explain this better. Gerard May, this uh, counselor, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, tells us that expectations are premeditated resentments. Right? When we have an expectation that is too fixated, we usually <laughs> are very close to have a resentment in our hearts. Expectations are can become resentments. Elizabeth Elliot, um, you know, a great insight. Also, uh, she writes, many debts must go into reaching our maturity in Christ. Many letting goes. I like a lot that the simplicity of that quote, letting go. You can apply this for desires, but expectations, expectations. Henry Nouwen puts this in this way. It is hard to believe that God will reveal his divine presence to us in the self-emptying, humble way of the man from Nazareth. So much in me seeks influence, power, success, and popularity. But the way of Jesus is the way of hiddenness, powerlessness, and littleness. It does not seem a very appealing way. Yet, when I enter into true deep communion with Jesus, I will find that it is this small way that leads to real peace and joy. If I could add something, real peace and joy is the real desire of your heart. Your heart and my heart were designed by God to find real peace and joy in your heart. That is the expectation in God. But uh, Henry Nowing reminds us that uh, this is an upside-down spirituality, that you know this doesn't happen by, by having to be expectant of more control or more success or more power or more influence or more. But actually, it takes place as we release those things. Hiddenness, powerlessness, and littleness. And think of it. Christmas is, is, is a story of released expectations in a way. Think of Mary, mother of Jesus, and the expectations that she had for her own life, for her own marriage, and how those expectations eventually had to be released. It, it was an act of God. An invitation of God, and it was and the, the acceptance, the releasing of Mary. There you have that divine, divine partnership that creates something. Expectations. Actually, people who were expecting Christ to come, the Messiah, we all were expecting, they, they were all expecting a Messiah. We were waiting for the king, for the power, you know, but here we, we are. We know the story, but it was in a manger. It was a very different expectation. Anyway, second point was that. Third point, we need to release in order to heal. We continue with the topic. Now, we need to release resistance. Have you been aware of what is the resistance of your heart? Where are you resisting God's invitation? And you might say, I don't. Yeah, I, I bet we don't. We don't wake up in the morning and at six in the morning and says, I cannot wait until I express my resistance to God. <laughs> but, you know, we happen to find ourselves resistant to God. And I can tell you, 
I see that very clearly in my heart. I don't want to do it. I don't want to listen. I don't want to pay attention to some things. I think I believe that we resist God's invitation because of fear, but also because of pride or sometimes because of ignorance. And you know, starting with the ignorance, yes, God invites us to, 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 he wants to impart wisdom. In the same book of James says, ask God for wisdom. He's willing to give it to you. If you ask, God will answer, believe me. <laughs> That's a challenge. Lord, uh, will you ask, Lord, do, uh, am, am I resisting you? Show me where. You can probably find the, the fact that God will show you. And then you will have to deal with your pride, with your fear. Hmm. It's hard. Psalm 32, 8, 9. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I got used this in a very, very good way in my life many years ago and still. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Ah, yes, I want that. <laughs> That's what the Lord says. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you, but as you want. But then immediately he says, do not be like a senseless horse or mule <laughs> that needs a bit and, and brittle to keep it under control. And that's me sometimes, right? I don't want to go that way. I have this better opinion. So what does it mean this Christmas to release your resistance, to surrender? Next point, number four. We need to release in order to heal. Yes. What about releasing independence? This is hard. Again, we have been biased culturally. You just listen to somebody that a great, great point that he was making. How much in in the area when he lives, the people had a pride and make a little bit of an idol of their independence. I don't want anybody to tell me how to think, how I should think, what I should do. I want to have my own ideas, my own. I want to be the captain of my own soul. I want to be independent. And, you know, there's something so good about independence. I mean, the stories, even the independence of the United States and other countries, great freedom. But the, the invitation here is to consider is that sometimes we have made of that, that freedom an idol. That in this spiritual journey, God doesn't develop in us a character of independent uh, beings, but actually of a very dependent one, very dependent to God. And you see that in Christ. I don't say anything out of my own account. I don't have an opinion in a way, <laughs> he says, right? Everything that I say is what has been revealed to me. By my father, and either there are two, two elements there. My father loves me, so I trust him. I trust that that he has is the best. And the second thing is, my father reveals that to me because I seek him and I pay attention, and this revelation takes place. So, what does it mean? This I I say that this is about releasing the illusion of separation. You know that I'm separated from God. This is like an independent contractor. God tells me what to do and I find my way to do it. Or control. Or self-reliance. This is hard. 
friends. This is hard. It's hard for me too. Isaiah 40, verse 7 and 8, the word of the Lord says, The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. My independence, my self-reliance, my illusion of control will fade. <laughs> so what about practicing? Depending on the Lord. I cannot, but you, you know what's going on with, with my mother and her husband in this context of COVID, but I've seen how much of this is present in what's going on. The releasing of we know it better. We have this in control. We don't. We really don't. Christmas, what does it mean for you and for me to release our sense of independence and become dependent of God? It's not Christmas also about it. Mary, Joseph, <laughs> even Christ becoming a baby that is so dependent of others. Point number five, we need to release in order to heal and we need to release our identity. Oh my gosh, this is a hard one. We, we keep, this is an increscendo, right? And what I mean with identity, I'm not, I'm not talking about my true identity. I cannot release my true identity, my true self, because that is who I am. There's nothing without that. I'm talking about releasing this idea of what's my false self. Galatians, uh, in the message, Paul writes and says, I quit being a law man so that I could be God's man. I love it. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identify myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ha! Ah, powerful words. What does it mean to release that false self, that identity that is rooted in our ideas of who we want to be. And believe me, it's attached, attached to expectations and desires and independence. So Ignatius of Loyola says, detachment comes only if we have a stronger attachment. Therefore, our one dominating desire and fundamental choice must be to live in the loving presence and wisdom of Christ, our saviors. There's a lot of good insight here, psychological insight, you know, spiritual insight. We cannot detach if we don't have a stronger attachment. What about Christmas? What about detaching in order to reattach? Final point. We release, you have been asked to release a lot. <laughs> we release because he release. Because Christ release. This is the divine example. This is the path that God is inviting us to take. 
John 3, 16 to 17 and verse 19. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So hold on, let me just make the point. The first one who, who released here was God. He released his son. That's the first part of the example, right? And he's telling us that it's, it's because of salvation. Then in verse 19, uh, John writes, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. This is a hard passage. The real problem is that we didn't release. <laughs> God released, and we will see that Jesus released, but we didn't. We didn't. He says this is the judgment, right? The judgment is that we like darkness more than light. The choice. We didn't release the darkness. And I think Christmas is about it. I might say in my heart, I am not uh, holding on darkness. How in the world? You know, I know Christ. But if I, I allow myself to be honest and be silent for a little bit, uh, I believe that this is not the condemnation of God, that actually it is the grace of God that allows me to see those areas of my heart where I haven't released, where I am more attached to the darkness than to the light. That is the real fact. Philippians 2, 6 through 11. Though he was God, he's talking about Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal, criminal's death on the cross. So do you see the releasing of Christ? Releasing and releasing and releasing, not only to become human, but to become obedient, not only to become obedient, but to, be, to, to, to face the cross. That releasing took place, and that's what we release. And then the, the passage continues. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there is a reordering by God in the releasing. And that is the invitation we release only because he released. Actually, I will say that we can release because he released for us. So, friends, these are the points. You know, as we release, God expands our hearts. And because of that, we can invite him because there is a spacious place in my heart to receive him. But to release uh, is, is hard. So, we're invited to release our desires our expectations, our resistance, our independent, independence, our identity, and to 
remember, we're invited to remember that we release because he released. So take a minute. What if this sounds personal to you? Where do you feel that little nagging of the spirit of God in you saying, this is my invitation. Look at here. Look in here, Marcus. Don't, don't feel shame, judgment, or condemnation. It's not about it. This is about an invitation to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. So, what do you think? What is for you? What do you want to share? Let's start some dialogue. I was thinking about expectations, releasing expectations. Um, I loved what you said in the beginning or what you were reading about uh, how expectations can bring resentment. And I have found to be a consistent in life. And it's almost like, well, do I just lower my expectations and don't expect anything? You know, I don't want to become cynical. I mean, because it'd be very easy for me to do that. And I don't think it's just in what's what's going on, but in relationships, you know, that expectation, you know, and, and I just constantly find myself feeling let down. And, but now I'm hoping to get a better perspective on, on that. Yeah, Brenda, thank you very much. It is very helpful. You remind us something, and that's what I want to comment, make a comment on that. So, Yes, expectations become unfulfilled desires that, you know, bitterness. But this is not about then I'm not going to have an expectation about anything. Okay, I'm going to be like flat. There is no emotion in me. I don't believe that it's like that. I don't know what's helpful for others, but what has been helpful for me is to consider the idea of anticipation instead of expectation. The expectation is, is attached to an outcome right? And, and, and really, that is a problem. I'm attached to the outcome. So if you don't tell me things in the way that I want you to tell me things, I'm bitter. <laughs> but the anticipation is just a space for God to feel it. I don't know how to explain. I don't want to use time in, in that. But the anticipation is just that, okay, God will act. I don't have a clue how. But I'm going to anticipate something to happen, Lord. And I leave that blank. You know, it is undone. I, I cannot expect, I can daydream. And I think it's okay to, to acknowledge what I want. But I try to discipline my heart a little bit with anticipating a God who listens and hears. But I really don't know what's going to happen. Good night. Maybe somebody else has something that might be more helpful. When I would share this, when you were talking about resistance to release, resistance to God, I looked over at my cane. I've been using a cane for about a year and I hate it. It is to me, it's um, a disability. It's a, I have to depend on that cane and I don't like it. In fact, I fought it and my pastor was the one that told me, baby, do what the doctor say, do. So I really resisted it. But um, in that same vein, then it's, I started to realize that I, the cane has helped me um, in, in a lot of ways in the past year that I did have it to lean on. Um, and so fighting against God 
by releasing, and then you said releasing the darkness, you know, I, I have to, I'm working on it. I'm going to have to work on that even more because God is light. So I, I would rather have that light than my darkness. So um, release. <laughs> I got to really learn to release more and more on God. Thank you, Marco. For now, I'm so thankful you shared that because I, I too walk with a cane. I have to use a scooter out in the store. It is humiliating. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it feels like to walk side by side with my husband and like hold hands like you see other people. And, and it, it doesn't feel beautiful for one thing, <laughs> you know, and I'm so glad you said that because in the beginning when we were listening to um, those that wait on the Lord, you know, will run and not walk well my first thought was okay god i can't even walk <laughs> how am i going to run but you're telling me i need to wait i need to wait because i've been waiting forever to be healed and, and and my healing is not coming and it's actually getting worse you know and i can't see doctors until january much less file for disability and all that mess so it, it, i'm so glad you brought that up because that is something i'm having a difficult time releasing yes <laughs> Thank you. It's very good. What comes to mind, Vernelli, is that sometimes we, we hate that that's helping us. Right? I, I am going to say I curse that that is helping me because it's not helping me as I want to be. You see, you have all these aspects. You see how that is very, very... There's no judgment in my words, but it is a very self-centered position. I have all my ideas of how things should be. Uh, it's good. What else? I, I think I have some attachments that are, maybe they're in the material world rather than so much in the spiritual realm, but I think they do have spiritual com uh, consequences. And I'm thinking about all these old sermons of my, to be specific, of my grandfather and my father that I have had now for three years. And I think that, well, I should go through them and see if there's something important in there. And, um, but I, I think there's two things. One, I should maybe just do it and get it over with. But the other thing is that, um, if I do that, I don't know if it's really worth, especially my grandfather's stuff. It's really, I, I did go through some of his stuff and it was like, I don't know that this is worth keeping things that he did when he was younger. And, um, but then if I'd spend a lot of time on that, which I guess I haven't recently, that's going to take away from other things that are probably a lot more important. Uh, it's also taking up space that maybe I need to put my shoes into or, you know, things like that. I don't know. But, um, I guess the, what I'm saying about the spiritual ramifications is if I did put, go back to putting a lot of time into it, I think it would take away from things that uh, maybe where I could serve others or, I, you know, other, other I don't know, things that maybe are more important. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you.
how important is discernment, right? Discernment. What are you inviting me to, Lord? And it's the glory of the Lord to bring that clarity. We, we see that in, in Jesus' life and in the story of Christmas. So this is not, Christmas is not about, uh, you know, it is not about marrying your, your pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> you know, so you cannot make a, a specific rule about things. It's, it's about the unique way in which God acts beyond our expectations and invite us to detach, to accept. And I believe it is, it is uh, very well portrayed by, by Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, saying, here I am. May, may it be done in me as you have said. So there is this surrendering, and, and you can tell there is something to take on, but there is something to let go. And that's the preparation. That is, And only God is the one who invites us that. To that space. Really yes. stunning, isn't it, to think of Mary as a teenager, being able to to have that kind of release, um, and and here we are as mature adults. Um, may, maybe it gets tougher every year that we're holding tight to these things, um, but we also ought to know a little more. Um, about the the blessing of that release and so there's this difference yeah. and it's so hard it is judith and it is a beautiful way to think i've been reading other kinds of meditations too in this during this christmas and and considering this parallel of of christ being born in me you know of, of mary using mary as, as a parallel right and god wants to to, to develop, to, to, to kind of, to, to get me pregnant of Christ, right? And, and that is not easy. I mean, I've never been pregnant, but uh, I, my, I've seen my wife being pregnant and, and I know how many things are releasing to that. And there is a gestation, there's a time and you cannot change it. It's a process. And this... Is, this is not only about giving birth that, that is painful, but there is joy after that. But but it is about, uh, you know, caring for this Christ that is being produced in me. As I, I have little kids and probably I have a lot of pictures with children, right? And, and you care and eventually you also let go. I mean, my gosh, Mary, you also let go knowing that you will let go in that way. That that you love. So think of that in, in your own life, you know, as, as a what what is this the, the, this is the moment. It's not only about releasing, it's not only about one thing or another, it's all this process. Christ is born in me. And I hope he will be born every day. I I don't know if I can tell you that will be born every year. <laughs> I hope so. And he was born already, but it is an ongoing process, invitation of God to develop this character in my heart. And Christmas is surrounded of this invitation for me. I hope it is for you too. Okay, friends, thank you. I think we're at the time right now and uh, there's a sweet 
memory or, or sweet conversations that I'd never complete during our time together, but I hope they will continue in your heart. As usual, let me read this uh, blessing. This is a closing blessing of our time together. From the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us/donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you, till I'm looking through the eyes of love. I'm looking through the eyes of